You know, sometimes the best things come along when you least expect them. But in truth, maybe we should expect them. Because behind every lucky break is lots of hours on the road and on the track. And, of course, an unbreakable persistence to cut through and rise above past performances comes in handy too. I would say that's the story of one of our guests today, Caitlin Ayers. She's the Canadian 1500 meter bronze medalist, and she talks with us about jumping into hot races last minute and running away with a PB and a confidence boost. As well, we'll chat with Paula Schneer about what's cooking with the Hamilton Twilight series this year, and we'll close out the show with a very big announcement of our own. You certainly won't want to miss that. You're listening to The Terminal Mile at The Terminal Mile on Instagram and Twitter, a Tracky Radio production. Over the past year, recording the Something in the Water podcast series for the Speed River Group, check it out on Sidious Mag, it was recording the mid-distance show that the name Caitlin Ayers came up multiple times. Her teammates, unprompted, name-dropped her as a positive influence, someone who could really lift up the entire team. Now, of course, her running achievements are well-documented, helping out a powerhouse Guelph team, scoring a few medals along the way for herself, but it's the quiet leadership qualities that really make her so easy to root for. It's been a great season for her so far, running a PB of 414 in the 1500, and this past weekend, she nabbed her first national medal in the 1500. We caught up with her right after, from, interestingly enough, across the ocean. So a huge result for you uh, at the national championships less than a week ago. Uh, We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the Hamilton Twilight Meet because I feel like that was a pretty big moment for you as well, too. But perhaps we should start just where in the world are you right now? Um, Right now I am in Leuven, Belgium. Uh, We got in uh, this morning and got settled into our temporary location before um, we head over to uh, the Netherlands, um, where our base camp is going to be. Is this the first time that you've uh, you've made the the Europe trip? Um, I first went over with um, one other athlete, um, Sophie Watts. Uh, we came over um, in 2015, but we flew over to Oxford, England first, and then over to Karlstad, Sweden, and we were here for about uh, 10 days. So what's the what's the racing schedule looking like? Like, are you making the most of it and you know throwing in a whole bunch at once? Or, like, you know, are you kind of spacing it out? Um, as of right now, I am com- for sure confirmed in two, uh, one on the Saturday and one on the 28th. Um, but Dave is working hard to um, get me into as many as possible. Um, but uh, apparently with European meets, sometimes you won't know until the day before or even the day of. Um, so we're trying to sprinkle a couple more in between those two dates. Um, so it could be as little as two or as many as five. So we'll just have to wait and see. Um, hopefully, the a fast race on Saturday will will help me get me into a couple more. So, so you know, I've heard a lot of athletes, um, you know, talk about how you go to some of these these European meets and the atmosphere is just you know a lot different than a than a Canadian event. I take a little bit of umbrage with that just because I've been to a lot of Canadian events and, and some have really good atmospheres. Perhaps you can explain, uh, you know, having been there before, what the difference is between some of these European Twilight Meets versus, you know, what's going on in North America right now. Um, 
Well, the meets that I have been to um, in North America so far um, have been very well attended and the audiences um, have been great and uh, were super loud and definitely uh, made their presence known. Um, but I think the one thing about European meets that, that people really like is that it is definitely considered a spectator sport, um, much like uh, basketball and football um, are in Canada. Um, but I think track is definitely gaining um, a lot of popularity in North America and which is making more people more and more people come out and and watch our sport um, but yeah I think definitely one of the the one draws to um, European meets yeah just the the audience space and uh, a lot of people from all over the world will come come to these meets so it makes them makes them fast so a couple weeks ago uh, July 1st uh, that weekend that day um at the Hamilton Twilight Meet, uh, it was it was kind of a kind of a cool fifteen hundred uh, setup going on, and uh, that there was you know a couple runners from from the Hoka Club, uh, the New York New Jersey Club. Uh, there was Heather Wilson and I believe Stephanie Van Pelt were were both there, um, and you know it was kind of set up as this fast fifteen hundred. And there's you know a whole bunch of local people as well too. Um, you know one of your teammates, Charlotte Ward. Uh, and, and you were also in that race as well, you know, the race went off and you were kind of, you know, you were hanging with that, that lead pack and you, you kept on going and kept on going. I was like, okay, when, when is this gonna, you know, fall apart? You know, when is someone going to take off? You actually ended up winning that race and I believe getting a PB with a 4.14.64. I mean, mm-hmm. that, that was mm-hmm. a, a lot of fun to watch. Did you know that you had that in you? Actually, this was a one-off meet. Um, I wasn't planning on doing it um, until about the Thursday before. I was planning on going home and spending the long weekend with my family. Um, but Dave said, this is going to be a, a hot race. I would recommend that you do it. Um, so I was like, okay, sure, this is a good shot to, to run fast before nationals. Um, so, yeah, headed down. It was a super hot and humid day, um, So, but made the conditions super fast. Um with the seed times being 4.075 and 4.12, that was kind of the wheelhouse that um, I've been looking to to get to. Um, so yeah, after the rabbit dropped off, I was kind of waiting for um, the Hoka girls to take off, but uh, when they didn't, I was like, okay, well, I guess this is my cue to, to go. So um, yeah, I kind of uh, took the lead there and um, waited for waited for them to, to blow past me. Um, but with 300 to go, um, I just kind of I I finally have the finishing legs that I've been I've been waiting for for a while. So um, I felt really good up until like through to the 200, and then when it came to the last hundred, I just remember people screaming like, "This is gonna be a PV!" Like just like you're almost there. Crush this last hundred, and I was like, "Okay, here we go." And I was thinking about this Europe trip too, and how a faster time would help me get into more meets. Um, so yeah, pushed hard to the end, and uh, ended up getting a, a three second PB, which has been a long time coming. It's been a, four years, I guess, since I last PB'd. So I was really, I was really thrilled with the race. You know, I, I had Alex Hutchison uh, on. I guess it was late last year, and he was he was talking about the the mental aspect and and the psychological aspect uh, to racing and, and all that good stuff. I have to think, you know, running against pros and beating pros in a race like that, setting a new PB along the way, and you know, finishing faster than them, obviously by taking the win, has has got to do some some good things with nationals right afterwards. Where were you at going in into you know the the nationals weekend? 
Oh, for sure. Um, well, I was a 10th seed um, going in and um, having to come off of the steeple on the Thursday, um, I thought um, just mix mix it up, um, get it right in there with, with, the, with the best of them. And um, the having previous experience from the Sunday before uh, leading, um, I think that definitely helped with my um, preparation to be able to say that if it doesn't go out as fast as it should be, then I, I can I can take the lead in it. Everything will be okay, kind of thing. Um, but uh, yeah, definitely uh, that PB helped huge in, for my mental game heading into Nats. You know, you mentioned the steeple, and that that's kind of cool. Uh, from what I understand, this is kind of your debut steeple season. Why? Why, why did you decide to, to pick up the steeple? Um, well, it was kind of not even under the radar. I started doing hurdle drills in January um, with Alex, Janae, um, for simply for hip mobility. Um, thought that it would be able to benefit um, the 15 and the 8. Um, yeah, and I, I was very firm in my p- position that I wasn't going to do steeple. Um, but then, obviously, training with Jen, the national steeplechase record, ho- record holder, and having um, Alex there, too. Um, I tried one workout indoors with just uh, two two hurdles, and it seemed to go uh, fairly well. But still, I wasn't planning on doing doing any steeplechase races by any means. Um, and then we moved to outdoors, and... Again, just tried one workout with Jen with just two hurdles on the track, um, which then progressed to three hurdles and then to five hurdles. And um, yeah, I just I really enjoyed working with with Jen. And um, the hurdles introduced a totally different aspect, and I have a whole new appreciation and respect for all steeplechasers. That's for sure. Um, but it was just something different, and it kind of broke up um, the same training that I would do for 15 for example um and I just yeah I I I really like it there's still a a lot of work left to do um but uh yeah no it's definitely an event I look to pursue a bit more for sure I was going to ask you about that because you you ran one at Athletics Ontario and then you ran one um you know at the Canadian Championships as well and took quite a bit of time off like where do you feel that your your ceiling is at with this um, well, running a, the AO meet was very interesting. It was me and one other athlete. It was basically a torrential downpour, and I had never done a water pit before, nor had I jumped barriers. So going out there was kind of just a trial run, um, seeing how it was like, seeing basically setting a benchmark. Um, so I had fallen at least three times, and two foot jumped every every water pit not much different than nationals although i did stay on my feet um but yeah still still don't really know how to do the water pit yet um but i think that is that will be a huge huge factor just being able to keep the momentum instead of coming to a complete stop um every lap at least once um and my hurdling technique can still use use a lot of work so all things considered, I think that I could take another uh, 10, 10 to 15 seconds off, I think, once once technique gets a bit more refined, for sure. 
So from there, you you went into the the fifteen hundred part of the uh, part of the weekend, and uh, you know one thing that's that's interesting about uh, you know the championship setup is that there are rounds, and there's not really a whole lot of rounds uh, when you're looking at you know regular season. I guess you could call it uh, competition. It's a lot of one offs, a lot of you know just getting the fastest time that you can. You know what mm-hmm. did you do to prepare for you know the rounds? Um. I definitely probably played off of um, my varsity uh, days. I guess that wasn't that long ago, but um, in championship meets, we would have uh, semis and finals and probably doing up to three events each weekend. Um, so there was that preparation. I didn't do that many back-to-back um, events this season, um, but I think just focusing on recovery was huge and dealing with the heat because that was another uh, big factor. Um, Dave and our whole um, IST team um, definitely played a, a big role in that, having uh, the cooling vest there and towels on ice um, to keep our core temperature down, um, and then having just proper preparation in terms of uh, fuel and um, and just physical uh, maintenance after that. Um, so not that I was running rounds very often, but um, definitely being ready to to go uh, in a quick quick time frame I think definitely helped so you get to the finals and I have to say you know the 1500 is probably at one of its one of its stronger points uh, you know over the last couple decades uh, right now but you know taking a look at, at some of the competition going into that race you know was that goal to to get on the podium I mean Dave and I, well, I changed my race plan completely uh, morning of. I went in to speak with Dave about it, um, and basically my original plan was to stay behind the, the leaders, um, thinking of Gabriella and Nicole in particular, um, seeing letting, letting them set the pace and then kind of um, just watching what happened from behind. Um, but then... Dave and I kind of discussed a bit uh, to try to plan my strengths about how the stakes were really low uh, for me, uh, considering that I'd already had, um, I'd already checked the box for steeple. I had uh, made made the finals, so that was um, uh, that was one goal just alone was to make the finals. So um, yeah, so then it turned out that. Um, we decided that if the pace was going out too slow, then I would take the lead and just kind of see what had played out from there. Um, so when I did take the lead, I was expecting in the last 400 for eight to nine people to blow by me. Um, but uh, somehow I managed to hold them off and um, it was a close fight to the to the finish. But um, yeah, I was not expecting to be on the podium at all. The 15 is a super deep field, a lot of talented girls. Um, having run uh, very well this season so far. Um, so, I mean, it was could be a possibility on a perfect day, um, at a perfect weather, me feeling 100% and totally fresh. I thought that maybe it'd be a possibility, but uh, yeah, definitely was not under my radar at all. So I was, I was really, really surprised by the result. So from there, you pretty much directly hop onto a plane, uh, head over to Europe. What what are the goal times now? Um, I definitely have my sights set on um, running sub 410. Um, I think it's there. It'll just be a matter of um, everything coming together on the day. 
um, physically, mentally, and um, and the field as well. Um, so yeah, that's kind of where we're at right now. So I mean, sub four ten would put you kind of in a new class of athlete. What would that mean to your training, and what would that mean to you know what you do day to day? Right. Um, well, right now um, I'm working full time, uh, forty hours a week as a as an agricultural journalist. So if I could get into that wheelhouse, um, I definitely think that that um, I would consider maybe focusing on running, um, maybe not working quite as much. Um, but I think that would be a definite, um, boost to my confidence, um, obviously. And, um, yeah, just getting into that, I guess, next tier of, of athletes would be, would be pretty cool. So, you know, what's, uh, what's, what's next for you after Europe? Are you shutting your season down or? Um, I think it will kind of depend on how things go, but um, what it's looking like right now is yeah, we'll, we'll mark the end of my season. So, Cross country this fall? Um, most likely, yeah. <laughs> Loving that 10K. <laughs> oh, fair enough, fair enough. Well, she is Caitlin Ayers, and she is the national bronze medalist in the 1500 this year. Hey, that's got to sound pretty good. And, uh, you know, it's, it's been pretty exciting to, to watch your season so far. It's, uh, you've tried some new things and, and you've reached some new heights. So it's, it's been a lot of fun to watch you this year. You know, thanks a lot for being on the show, Caitlin. Awesome. Thank you. I just like to shout take a minute to, um, uh, make a shout out to, um, everyone in the Guelph running community, um, and, uh, Dave and the whole Speed River crew, uh, thank you for being in my corner and, and, uh, continuing to believe in me over the past few years. It's been a tough go, but, um, I think we're finally getting somewhere. So, so thanks. Thanks a lot. Twilight meets are the lifeblood of our sport. It's these all comer races that connect competitive runners of all levels, uniting them with a single goal. The Hamilton Twilight meets are the epitome of that thought, bringing in every level from youth runners and at the past meet some folks from the New Jersey, New York Hoka Club. We chatted with Coach Paula Schneer about these meets. So, I, you know, this is the first year that I've taken in some of these, some of the Hamilton Twilight meets, and both meets that I've been to this year have, you know, they've, they've brought some, some pretty special moments. I mean, you had to have close to, to 20 guys go under, uh, you know, the 15-minute mark in the 5k at your first meet this year uh even at this at this past meet uh you know watching some of those uh new york new jersey hoka guys you know get so close to that to that 340 line watching robert heppenstall you know come home and and you know really do something special in the 800 uh at that last meet was was pretty cool as well too you know is this is this a regular thing for you guys does this happen every single year or you know is it is this year a special year for you guys We've um, been six years. We we started the the meets back up. They, they we originally ran them back, you know, starting back in 1996. We have back to that that time and um, sort of needed repair. We took a bit of a break once the new track came built. We we decided we'd resurrect the the, the twilight meets and. Um, just one of those things you just a year before and try to make them better and you know you build it they will come and that's kind of what's starting to happen 
you know, it's it's funny because uh, you know I, I remember um, hearing the story from from my little brother. He went to to go see, you know, something where where Nate Brennan was running, and uh, when Paul was talking to him, he, he mentioned that uh, that he he ran at McMaster, and Nate Brennan said, "Oh yeah, no, that's that's a very fast track. That's a really really good track." You know, has that uh, has that reputation? gotten around quite a bit and do you think that's you know kind of a large part of the of what's attracting people to these meets yeah i think so i think the reputation you know if you host good meets on a good facility and and make it happen like they'll they'll get there and and that's definitely what's happening you know people coming from quebec and and um you know from the states they're they're you know, all it takes is to run one race on our track and you go, hey, yeah, this is a pretty nice atmosphere. You know, it's a beautiful setting with the conservation area in behind. Um, yeah, it's, it's you know, 8 o'clock at night, the wind seems to die down. So everything starts to become pretty racing perfect. And, uh, and I think that's what people have started getting used to. You know, you, you mentioned, uh, you know, hosting some of these meets uh, back in the 90s. Uh, I, I'm sure a lot of our listener base knows uh, that you, in fact, uh, you ran in the Olympics uh, and you were a very competitive runner uh, back then as well, too. Maybe you could give us some, some context. What were Twilight meets like back then? Were they, you know, anything like what you're running now? Actually, you know, we, we sort of, the club used to, to run the Twilight out of, I was running, and I remember running in a few. And um, 800 meter times was on was on the older track, and so so there were a few there were a few. But I mean, it's been over the probably the last five or six years where to be getting into the twilight running scene, and um, it's nice. You can you know within three or four hours you can put together some quality races people don't have to take the day off of work they can you know make it out and um all ages so it doesn't matter you know what level you're at you're more than welcome to participate and trying to create a great um environment for people where they can run fast and and able to see these athletes' faces when they finish and look at the, at the, you know, if they can get a glimpse of the clock, because so many people seem to be, you know, the last few meets, pretty exciting. Everyone's hovered around the clock to see their times, and um, it's pretty cool, you know. You don't even know some of these, these kids and, and be able to environment for them is, um, is really what motivates Pete and I to to put the meets on. You know, one one thing that I've noticed uh, with with your meets is that even though Harbor Track is is kind of known as uh, you know a distance sort of squad, um, I noticed that you guys run will run you know some two hundreds, some some one hundreds. Uh, I believe there's some four hundreds uh, at the last meet. You know, what's uh, why do you bring in the in the sprints? Why is that important to you guys? Well, I mean, it's it's. It's part of our sport. I mean, I know we are, Pete and I are distance runners, um, but we also, you know, want to create opportunities for all for all runners. 
and why not include sprints? And, you know, later in the season, they're really the athletes that are still thing. So just come to our meet because they're, they're there, you know. Um, um, and, again, we've had some amazing 400-meter um, runners. Williams has our meet record. She's run 53. Um, we've had um, um, Ward from Rochester. He has our record at 46.45. In the 200, the same, like, just real quality so why not? Why not include the sprints? You know, with uh, with the history that you guys have, you know, with uh, with the past six years now and, and running the meets back in the 90s, what are some, you know, do you have any races or memories that, that stick out to you, um, you know, from some of those meets? <laughs> I mean, I, I guess part of me remembers the, the races that my athletes have competed in and, you know, to be able to see them run PBs in front of their family and friends is 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 pretty cool. Um, if I didn't have to travel to race, I would have run in my own backyard all the time. And so, um, it's it's always nice that um, that the athletes can do it in front of their 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 own families and you know grandparents and friends and such a supported support system there and, and lots of people cheering you on so me it's more the environment than one particular race I love about hosting the meet uh, you, you know people might be hearing this and, and might be getting excited um, you know you have a couple more you know, meets later on this season. Perhaps you can uh, can you know throw out some dates and stuff like that. Yeah, we're going to host. So our two last meets, we call them the Hamilton PB meets, just because you know there's always someone out there who got a late start to the season and is still looking for a race. And and you know it's still summer, so why not season alive? And so. We have a meet um, on holiday Monday, August the 6th, and then we have another one the following week. I think that's a Tuesday. And I think we have pretty much a whole list of events, so right from the 1, 2, 4, 8, um, and on the 14th, the last one, we have a 5,000. So still interested in trying to run a PB, that's, that's and Mac is where it's going to happen. Thanks a lot for for joining the show this week, Paula. And uh, I will definitely be at that uh, at the August six one, and uh, I'll try and make it out to the last one as well too. They've been really exciting meets so far. That's great. Thanks for thanks for your support, and thanks for the who come. And with that, we'd like to announce that we are teaming up with the Hamilton Twilight Meets to stage the very first Terminal Mile Cup races at their August 6 meet. The concept is simple. Get together with a few of your teammates to make a distance medley relay squad, consisting of a 400 meter, an 800 meter, a 1200 meter, and a 1600 meter leg. The fastest men's and the fastest female teams will be the winners of the inaugural Terminal Mile Cup. 
on the line, your name will be etched into history on the brand new Terminal Mile Cups, two trophies that will be used year after year, sure to attract the best runners of the time. The details will be up on tracky.ca later today. We've already got some pretty big names interested. We'll definitely be revealing those and more details as they come along, whether you're watching or whether you're running. We really hope to see you there. That wraps up another edition of the Terminal Mile. Big thanks to our guests this week, both Paula and Caitlin, as well as to Tracky for their ongoing support. If you want to find us online, you can do so on Twitter and Instagram at the Terminal Mile. We're also on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and of course, tracky.ca. Big thanks to you for listening. This has been the Terminal Mile, a Tracky Radio production. Yeah.